Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? Maybe we can join a fucking cult. Feel like I'm talking to a teenage Mona Lisa. I am the performer. So beautiful, yet so unsatisfied. And when I take a trip to Paris, out to meet her. Mess, you say? She don't care. At least I oh, know I tried. Errant creative, who knew? Just kidding. <laughs> I think I'm getting tired of these games now. This the way that they play out. When your mind is on the wrong side. Riddle me this! La 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 la! Hey, welcome back to the Brotherhood of Batman. I'm here on the other side of us. I produce this mess. Thanks for tuning back in. I'm Jake. I'm the middle brother. I'm the one that came up the crazy list of comics that we read through each week. And I'm Ben, your sunshine in the Gotham and the baby brother. And this is the Brotherhood of Batman, a podcast where three brothers get together to talk about all things Dark Knight. Today we will be reviewing DC's The Final Night. I'm going last because I made, quote unquote, made a beverage. Did either of you make the beverage? Uh, I did not have the, uh, the ingredients for that one today, but... Well, I will describe it for our gentle listeners. So this is a cute little shot glass full of some tequila and some orange juice and a little drip drop of um, grenadine, so otherwise known as a tequila sunrise. And you take mm. that little shot glass, you hold it over a glass of dark rum and grape juice, and you drop it in, and it would probably be disgusting, but, um, you know, <laughs> rum and tequila are good together, so... Are you drinking like it? Fruit juice. I'm not drinking it because I have to wake up at four in the morning or three in the morning to get on an airplane. Oh, so. I'm oh, drinking lucky. it because I didn't want to throw up because it's sounded <laughs> real, real gross. Real gross. So if anybody out there decides to make that, let us know how it is. I, I brought it all to your house. I planned on making it last time and then life happened, but yeah. that's okay. Well, thank so you for putting the... together a drink. Yeah, no yeah, problem. and it, I love the theme. Like it, it was a good idea when you started sending the recipe. I, I was reading. I was like, uh, "Tequila sunrise." He wants just something happy, and then I figured out what you were doing. I was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, very clever." So it's called Sun Eater. Do 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 do. Sun Eater. What's going on you little lies? Stop talking about comic books. Or what do you think you're doing, you. nerd? Stop spending. I'm the Batman of geeks, bitch. Well, I'm going to send you a picture real fast. Uh, Kelly and her mom and sister went to uh, the art fair over the weekend, and she found this print. Uh, and she decided that I had to have it, and so I just sent you a picture of what this print is. It is a caricature of Batman oh my God. running with the yellow skyline in the background, but he's got the giant bomb above his head. Uh, it's pretty great, and he's just running, trying to get rid of a bomb, and some days you just can't. So That is, you know, that is very cute. Yeah. So that's now framed and hanging in the uh, dining room. <laughs> I got permission to even hang it in the house. So, wow. Yeah, I know. I thought it was going to be that? in your comic closet. <laughs> <laughs> That's where most things go. <laughs> On the back of the door. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
Um, I don't really have anything other than getting ready for this little trip. So when the when this Across episode goes up, I will probably be back from my trip. But if all goes well, I will be having lunch in New York tomorrow and then waking up in Ireland the next day. Woohoo! How long a so, flight? I don't know. Well, we're it's like three different flights, so it's going to be a whole day of running around and traveling. But I'm I'm really excited because we're doing lunch with some friends we made on the cruise. Um, oh, okay. who work in like Times Square, so they're gonna meet up with us. So that'll be really fun. And we've got like an cool. eight hour. We've got like eight hours in New York tomorrow because we have to go from one airport to the other. So it'll be nice oh. to see people and not feel like we're rushing. Gotcha. So, nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Yep. We'll How let long you, are you, in you know, those are the, those are the those are the people that are always in a hurry, Ben. Right. The uh, Russians, yeah. Russian yeah. people. Yeah. Ha 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 ha. That that joke made you sound like a real dick. No. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of that. Uh, we will be in Ireland. We will be gone for a week. We're leaving a Tuesday and coming back a Tuesday. Um, but we'll actually be in Ireland, I think, five nights. So two nights spent in the countryside. Um Going to the Titanic Museum, which I'm overly excited about, and then three nights in <laughs> Dublin. So, lots nice. of beer, lots of tomfoolery, and uh, hopefully fun accents. So, that'll be good time. Well, yeah, I awesome. really hope that your next week in Geek, when you're back uh, and can record with us, has to do all with the Titanic. So, I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to that. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I've, got, I, I've got a sinking feeling it will, Jake. Oh. oh. Gonna be one of those episodes. <laughs> well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through this museum, which I'm sure is going to be super depressing. And I'm going to have ear pods and just playing Celine Dion on repeat the whole time I'm walking through it. <laughs> yeah. We went to um, the Titanic Museum in Branson, of all places, and it actually was pretty good. Um, I'm sorry. For what it was. Uh, can you describe Branson for those not in the Midwest that may be listening to our show? I think just <laughs> you think about like hillbilly Hollywood in yeah. the <laughs> yeah. south central uh, Missouri. Yeah. That's that's, a, that's, that's the pretty good. Hillbilly Hollywood. Yep. And, Why uh, did they have the Titanic Museum there? I don't know. It actually it was a pretty cool museum. It was better than I had thought when uh when we went in. You're given like a I think we were given like a card of a crew member or like of somebody that was on the ship as you go in as like your ticket, and then you go through and you study things, and then you can find out what actually happened to the person that was on your ticket at the oh, end that's cool. so yeah so that should be fun you should enjoy that yeah interesting yeah. did you did you live in the branson reenactment of the titanic uh i don't remember it was a while ago was, i think i think uh, one of us lived and the other ones did not oh tragic <laughs> Very much. but not what's going on tragic. with you jacob um well, we haven't been doing the show quite long enough for me to have talked about this when I did it for my 35th birthday, but uh, I kind of like doing the whole um, setting a goal to achieve before like a big number of birthday. So when I was turning 35, I decided in like a two month span that I was going to do 35 different hiking trails before my birthday. And it came down uh-huh. to Sarah, my wonderful, wonderful wife. 
ended up camping. We went camping for my 35th birthday and finished off like six trails in the last two days to, to make it happen. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And so I've got another big one coming up this year. Um, and I've been trying to decide what I'm going to do for my 40th. And so last night, um, kind of just, it just kind of came up and Sarah helped me come up with the idea. And I think I have a pretty cool one. I'm going to do between, so when this episode comes out, it would have already come about and hopefully I've posted my first one. Uh, but I'm going to do 40 different trade paperbacks from my collection that I have not read before I turn mm. 40. And You're going to read 40 of them? I'm going to read 40 different ones between now and my 40th birthday, which is six months from now. So that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but I'm going to pick one from each year since the year I was born. And so, oh, so the first book uh, I chose last night, uh, I'm going to read X-Men God Loves Man Kills from 1982. Ooh. So no. uh, it's going to be kind of a fun way for me to dive into our library, find books that one, I haven't read and two land on a specific year. And uh, that'll yeah. be, I think, uh an interesting challenge i know like the first couple years of what i think i'm gonna do but i'm not gonna lock myself in to a book until i finished th you know the one that i'm on the so. previous one yeah okay. nice so. sounds like a I, fun like idea. The, I like the year by year aspect that's cool yeah i think uh it's a lot of books, it, lot of books. um and Especially i need to borrow any those. the only parameters i'm gonna set for myself is the you know, if it's a trade or a graphic novel, it either has to have started in the year or ended in the year. Because some of them, you know, like 15, you know, 16 issue long things may carry over a, a year kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So if it was finally finished or started in the year, I think I'll count that. And right. then, boy, the, the finding things that I haven't read is going to be tricky. Cause mm. I've read nice. everything in my collection. So well, Yeah, I think we've talked about that numerous times. Oh, and I'm not going to do <laughs> any Batman. So, uh, yeah, oh, so much like this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so if you guys uh, happen to follow me on Facebook, you will be seeing, you may want to mute me for the next six months because that'll probably be the only thing I put up is I'm going to do a review of the book each time I do one. So nice. Well, nice. good luck. That's exciting. Awesome. Yeah. You've got time. Yeah. Six I, months. I believe, I believe in you. And I'm very excited to read some really good stuff and then some trash on purpose too so <laughs> yeah be Aaron, funny, i'll so. message you separately so jay can't see it and we can place bets on how far we think he's going to get or how many we think he's going to do the last week uh, <laughs> fair uh, <yeah. laughs> that'll be an interesting number the last week push will all... but if i do one every four and a half days i i can get it done so that's not terrible. okay that's not terrible no, I mean, oh, if you sit down with, like, one book on a Saturday, you can read it in, you know, a couple hours. Yeah, and so, like, uh, God Loves, Man Kills is is short. It's probably, like, two issues long, but then I'm going to read some that are pretty lengthy. But this is the – I'm kind of excited for this one. Uh, I've had it in my collection for a long time. It's the – what was probably the heaviest premise for X2, the movie. And oh, yeah. So it deals with a lot of – stuff that they pulled for that script and it is considered one of the best x-men stories ever and i just have never got around to reading it so that's nice. a good place to start i think so yeah so tune in uh i'll probably talk about it on the show a little bit as i get through it maybe 
bring up some of the highlights or some of the low, low lights. So. <laughs> He's just doing this as an easy weekend geek every week, Aaron. Yes, I, know, I okay. am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get into this book we read? Yes. Oh, sure. So we read a, what was it? Three, four, six, four. Uh, we read a four-ish um, book uh, uh, called The Final Night by Carl Kessel and Huron Mars, both of who we have read a little bit before. The mm-hmm. artist by Mike McCone, who eventually gets on a book that I do care about, but that's many, many years later, and his art here is looking a little um, basic. So this is the story of a sun-eating being that is going around to different galaxies and devouring their sun and putting the world into cold, cold despair. Um, and all of the DC universe bands together to try to remedy this. And we get the mm. return of one Mr. Hal Jordan, otherwise known as Parallax, because he is super overpowered. So DC's like, oh, let's bring him back for more overpowered stuff. Thoughts? I really wish we had a crossover before this with Parallax and, uh, uh, oh crap, my joke just went away. What was the. <laughs> No, I just lost it. What was the stupid moth guy? What is it? Traxxas. I want a Parallax and Traxxas crossover book. Traxxas. That's great just for the rhyming that you could do in that book. That'd be really good. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, They both end with X. uh, All right. So go ahead, Aaron. Go. Because you have been negative on this book since (laughs) we started. So. Like a month ago when we tried to read it. <laughs> well, it didn't, it, it, there was very little that was like that flute, like that there was no flow. It jumped around all over the place. Characters in here that had no purpose. Like Batman's only purpose in this is to stop a dude from stealing the Mona Lisa when the earth is about to be destroyed and this because the universe is going to be destroyed because the sun's going out. All Batman can do is go to Paris and wait for this dude to steal the Mona Lisa. I, I, <laughs> I think that just goes to show that Batman's not important. Um, <laughs> Batman's he's just a dude. And in a lot of these DC or JLA stories, he not everyone knows how to use him. So I'm Fair not boy. defending the book. I'm not defending the book. Um, but the people that it was written by, Carl Kessel... Aaron <laughs> writes Superboy, your favorite, and Ron Mars wrote the problematic Green Lantern story of the refrigerator. So neither mm. of these guys are, I mean, they both have written uh-huh. a bunch of things that I do care about, but neither of them are our favorites. So <laughs> that was why I threw in who who wrote that at the beginning. I, I just thought um, it just didn't, it didn't make a, I mean, the, the premise was, okay, I get this. I, you have like all these abilities that could stop it, but no, Spectre. I, it's, I'm not going to involve myself. I'm not going to save everybody when I could very easily do that. Or it just was. I don't know. It just seemed like it made up a lot of like excuses on why they couldn't stop this thing earlier, mm. and just as a way to bring Hal back, I guess. Sure, I that I can see that. Um, I, something I did enjoy. Um, I liked how it addressed it. 
people with different powers. Like the Ray could make light and people wanted to get near him to stay warm. So like it really dealt with different people's powers that were actually relevant to the story. I liked that aspect. Um, my issue with it, which I'm not surprised by because DC does this all the damn time, is that if you look at the covers, um, they use a bunch of characters on there that will get people to pick it up and buy it when mm-hmm. those characters are not the main characters of it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, literally, Tim Drake... Who's on the cover? It. Well, there's an issue with, like, a bunch of random people, but in the very center of the book, of the cover, is Tim Drake, Robin, Superboy, and Impulse, and they're not even in that issue. And if they are, it's, like, one panel. Like, no. it's very... It's very... Yeah. Let's use all the big people. But then inside, it's, like, B and C-list people doing random mm. crap, you know? Right. So, which I get it. It's just, I feel like it happens a lot. Do we still have Jake? Jake, are you still there? Yeah, no, I'm listening. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I, I like the covers. Um, I just, I, I rolled my eyes a little because I, looking at the covers mm-hmm. before reading, I got excited. And then I was like, oh, this is a lot of garbage people. I did like that we had Starfire back. Did you like that, Aaron? Your favorite Teen Titan? <laughs> uh, I was hoping she would. <laughs> die on new tamarind with the rest of them nope nope she makes it out yeah yeah i noticed yeah so i gotta i gotta say guys i feel like maybe i read a different book because i really enjoyed this like i haven't read it in full or haven't read it in a long time like i thought i thought this was a better jla story than the first jla book in the their ongoing series right like you got a bunch of them and their villains and they're having to work with their villains and everybody is treating the the catastrophe in a different way. I mean, we talked about Batman. Like, I think Batman went off after the, you know, the street level people because he's kind of like, man, this is awesome. It's night all the time. Like, I never <laughs> have to sleep anymore. I could just keep doing Batman all the time. Alfred right. can't say anything. It's nighttime. I get to go out. And I don't know. <laughs> no curfew. I will say, so the trade that we read um, has a, a small preview issue that deals with the new Tamar, Tamarin. Tamarin. Tamarin, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and then it includes a parallax emerald knight issue that mm-hmm. one was extremely heavy-handed and like i knew mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. part of the reason that we did in our timeline all of the green lantern hal jordan stuff was to get to this book for the the you know basic relative payoff hopefully there was a payoff to that having read all that other Green Lantern stuff, um, that he did have to come back and he did have to uh, save his own soul and and be the hero that he had Uh always been one last time. Um, In the middle of this giant crisis, him going around and visiting all of his people and saying goodbye and thank you and please forgive me and all that kind of stuff, I'm like, yeah, I I would have rather read that like a year after I read the story, right? Like just have Hal Jordan come back, do the heroic moment, and then I'll catch up with, you know, what was he doing when he decided to go kill himself. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody feels that he was a um, redeemed himself fully because no. Batman doesn't buy that nonsense at the end. Not at all. Um, Batman's like, nope, he's once a villain, always a villain. Like, 
Yeah. Which, Which is interesting because, Brucey, didn't you suck on some venom? And, like, what is that sort of – I mean, I liked it because it was him being negative, and that's just the Batman we know and love. But I also was, like, hypocrite. Like, you have let so many of your people be redeemable, like JPV and shit. Yeah, yeah. And and it, he's going to continue to do it, right? Like, <laughs> there are people that – Well, I think there's – maybe it's the scale of what was done with Hal – as opposed to the scale of, you know, what JPV did. It was, like, earth-ending kind of stuff for Hal, right? Yeah. JPV killed a lot of dogs, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hal killed all the dogs, Ben. (laughs) And all the cats. I know. know. And the mice and gerbils. I know, I know. Um... Yeah, I think I think I'm somewhere in between you guys. I, I didn't hate it. I, I see Aaron's complaints, and for me, the parts that were a little dis, like jarring, like I liked the Green Lantern stuff because I like Kyle, but that issue did make it feel a little. That hurt the pacing because it was not one of the regular four issues. Yeah, and then I mm-hmm. liked the Tamaran stuff because I do enjoy Starfire and her sister, um, who's evil and crazy. Um. So I liked that, but it also kind of like w- was interesting with the pacing. But Jake, you mentioned the heroes and villains working together. I did like the Lex and Superman stuff. Um, yeah, because at this point in time, like Metropolis and Superman, they, they've like chased Lex away, and like he is considered mm-hmm. a villain, and he left Metropolis uh, out of. Um, fear that he'd be arrested or prosecuted or whatever might happen to him. And so he's coming back because he is so brilliant that he can help come up with a solution. And Superman has to make nice with him. And mm-hmm. Superman doesn't hesitate to do so, right? He's like, no, we, I, I hate you, <laughs> but I understand that you in this situation can offer uh, assistance that a lot of people couldn't. And I think there's some really great shining moments for Superman in mm-hmm. the story, and that was one of them for sure. Well, I think it was good that he like started to lose his powers because of the sun, so they addressed that, which I thought was good. So he's not all powerful or capable of doing everything that he normally would. Yeah, he's riding around in a car. He's just helping load boxes into you know the the sanctuary buildings and things like that, and for refugees refugees and stuff like he's he's just doing anything that he can to help because he can't do the normal superman stuff anymore um they all try to blast uh, the the big bad uh while in space and that doesn't work i i think that was one of my favorite things about the story was yes they created this new big bad to to get this threat going but that big bad wasn't like a bunch of the cheesy new villains that we've seen created for one-off stories before it was Mm -hmm. it was just kind of this entity kind of this uh event and Mm -hmm. it it didn't really matter all it needed was the MacGuffin for the sun's going out the earth's going to die how -hmm. does everybody handle that and it wasn't a guy in a new costume it wasn't um there was no cheesy dialogue right yeah, about yeah. the villain. You didn't have to have a big punch fest at the end. They got to solve this problem very differently than they have before. Or they got to figure out that they can't solve it. There is no solution unless somebody goes and sacrifices themselves in an attempt to save everybody else. 
and I, I have a question. It. I have a question. So, Jake, I was led to believe by you, and then also, I guess, just some of my general knowledge, that this ended with Superman not having his powers. Did you guys feel like he didn't have his powers at the end of the book? Because I felt like he got him back. So I think he got him back. No, he does not. Um, he he's on but the that roof. That wasn't clear. No, he's mm-hmm. standing on the roof of the Daily Planet with Batman, but he never flies. He never takes off. He doesn't. Okay. He does not specifically address it, but this is the event that for the next while, this changes Superman more than it changes anything else in the universe. Yes. Um, it's yeah. a Superman story at the end of the day. Superman and Green Lantern. Yeah. And it's often considered, or it used to be considered, one of the crises. Um, and I, I don't know, and I should look it up before uh, I say this, but I'm not going to. I, I don't know if it still is considered <laughs> one of the crises because it doesn't change the whole uh, universe or multiverse. It, it, it mm-hmm. specifically changes a couple characters significantly, uh, but it doesn't change everybody. And so uh, I, I don't know well, that I'm it's still one of the crises. Well, I'm glad you thought he got his powers I'm glad you thought he got his powers back to Aaron because I was like, what did he, yeah. did he just like take the elevator up to the roof and then he's just going to take the elevator back down in his mm. Superman outfit or go in the bathroom? Yeah, and they didn't really back. address it. Yeah. No. I kind of wish that so. Batman had him like under his arms swinging on his bat rope. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the final panel, they just like swing in and both have big smiles on their face or something. I think that'd be funny. <laughs> He adopts him into the uh, people just being regular people camp. Yeah. yeah. So although I didn't really like the parallax standalone issue because I just thought it was just a little bit too much, uh, I did like, and I, it brings into our continuity, the source wall, which was really exciting because I didn't know that was going to show up right now. I thought I'd have to bring that up. The source wall? The big where that. where parallax is at the edge of the unit. So at the edge of the multiverse. Oh, oh, okay. Where all the statue things are. Yeah, there is a physical barrier between our existence in our multiverse and what they call the source in the DC universe. It's it's basically mm. the DC's version of a god of some kind. It's it's what created everything. It's the power of creation, the power of knowledge, the power of everything is beyond the source wall, but nobody can access that. And the big titans that are there um, that have created the wall by seal... Titans? Their bodies have been sealed against it. They tried to break into the source and were forever shackled to it. The source and the source wall become a big story for Darkseid and his motivation, and we'll be talking about it later on, so... Mm, okay. So I never knew any of that. That's the kind of stuff that even if it does play part of my book, I just kind of keep going. But <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad that you pointed it out, Jake, because I, again, I read this book a month ago. So I'm sure if I had read it yesterday, I would be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember seeing that thing. But so thank you for reminding me. Maybe maybe you got stuck in a boom tube, Ben, because mm. Mr. Miracle <laughs> tried to do that again. Which... <laughs> it works so well every time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why you wouldn't try it. I did like that. The reason that we get the source wall is that Parallax has chased 
cyborg Superman, basically, not basically, literally to the end of the universe to kill him. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> Hal Jordan has no mercy, and I like that they showed that. Like, he's still very villainous and still has his blame and his anger placed probably in the wrong spots for a lot of things. Like, he's not taking enough of the credit on himself for what happened, mm-hmm. but um, he... Does he... Does he show up in other issues between what we read in this, or is this his first appearance back? I I think... Are you talking about Cyborg or Hal Jordan? Hal. I think there were two appearances after... Um, help me, Ben. Is it Emerald Dawn? I, I'm flipping through my Green Lantern books right now. He he makes casual little... Not casual. He makes... He makes appearances, but I'm not entirely sure what the timeline is on all that. So he's yeah. definitely... He's not a... around a lot. No, he's not. I, I think it's only two different appearances between him turning into Parallax in... Um, oh my gosh. What's the storyline that he ends the... Uh, uh, zero Hour when he comes and ends time. And then between that yeah. and now, I think it's only like two little sh- showings. I think he has to so... face Kyle at one point. Oh, okay. So I'm looking at the um, Green Lantern ongoing book that takes place the month after Final Night, and it's all the DC superheroes on the cover, all holding a flame, and it says "Remembering the Hero." So that deals with, you know, what he does at the end of this book. So it's like he's gone, goodbye, sacrificed, and Batman's holding a flame on the cover, but that's probably just to sell the book. Batman probably still doesn't give a shit about him. So no, <laughs> Batman, yeah, probably. <laughs> When, so he matches Malone, you know. So I don't know how much <laughs> it's going to come up in continuity uh, for us because it doesn't have a whole lot to do with Batman. But in the Parallax issue, we get him visiting everybody that's been important in Hal Jordan's life or the big major pieces. And at one point in time, he has a silent one-page moment at Oliver Queen's gravesite, right? And mm-hmm. then moves on and does some other stuff. That moment will be utilized to bring Oliver Queen back in like a decade and a half of publication. And that oh, was, wow. that's really cool. Like, cause it wasn't ever brought up. It wasn't talked about or anything. And they, the writers of that story, Kevin Smith actually chose that moment. He said, well, while Hal went there, he brought, uh, Oliver Queen back, and then it takes hmm. him that long to come back and all that. So it's kind of cool hmm. to to read that knowing, you know. No, that's kind of cool. And I didn't know if you guys. I don't know that we'll ever. I don't know that we'll read that. I'll have to find a reason too if we need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I like Green Arrow, but I I haven't read a ton of Oliver Queen. The the most of the Green Arrow that I did read was, um, the younger guy Connor, Connor yeah. talk that we talked about, yeah. um. A couple of random little things I want to comment on because I hear Aaron <laughs> quickly wanting to go to bed. Um, no, I was really excited that we got uh, the Warriors restaurant in here, which is this restaurant in the DC universe where superheroes go yes. to just like hang out. Um, Guy Gardner ends up like owning it or running it at some point. Really? Um, but it was it was a quick little it was oh, no, just a okay. quick reference. Um, I think you see it in a couple panels, but eventually in the DC universe, it becomes almost like a 
like a planet Hollywood where uh-huh. it's not even real superheroes. It's more for just like random civilians, but all the waiters and waitresses are dressed like superheroes. So I was excited That's to funny. see that. Um, Cause it's a, it's a fun DC thing that I forget about sometimes. It's called warrior. Is that what you said? Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, in, in um, Tom King's Batman universe, he ended up creating Batburger, which is like, <laughs> it's like the fast food version of this. And we, we talked a couple episodes or last episode, I apologize, I don't remember, about the the double date that Bruce and Clark and Lois mm-hmm. and Selena go on. They go to Bat Burger and Batman's like, I hate this. Like, I don't want to be here. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I get no residuals from this at all. But what what would be the menu items at Bat Burger? The oh, uh, cucumber sandwiches. Um... <laughs> Uh, you'd have the the batter rings, which would be like onion rings, but they're batter oh, rings. Oh yeah, oh that's good. Yeah, that, that would was be. good. That was good. Yeah, we'll mm. think on it. We'll I let know. Yeah, let you I know. know that was a tough one because I'm like, <laughs> I got to come up with a good pun, but I'm not gonna do it. So <laughs> I really hope Condiment King is like on the on the ketchup bottles and stuff, just his picture <laughs> of like a of like a wanted poster for him on the ketchup bottle. <laughs> that'd be that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. <laughs> have you seen this villain? Um, for <laughs> our <mic> continuity, <laughs> there's not a huge amount that happens here that are going to affect the characters that we are talking about most regularly. Although the last few weeks we've been talking a lot about the JLA, but, um, it is kind of a big moment for Oracle. Like she is, Oh yeah. they, they make sure they point out that like, she's the touchstone, like contact for yeah they're making her do all the work yeah for everybody she's the switchboard operator and and giving out information and everything during this giant world-ending crisis and the weight on barbara um i think was really shown very well she calls her dad um and you just get a a page of one-sided conversation where she's having this convert you know she's talking to her dad who's out on the streets of gotham trying to bust the criminals and keep everybody safe and stop the mayhem that's happening while you know all of her computers that are connecting all of the jla all the dc heroes are running in the background and she's just like oh you know i love you dad and just want to make sure you're doing okay and yeah 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 we're gonna win the good fight and you know you know the the hope that gordon has although he's not in the book other than that conversation i thought was really cool yeah i'm glad, glad you brought that up because yeah she um and she's going to continue. She's going to continue these relationships mm-hmm. with everybody. So. What's her charge? What does she charge? She should be making some bank off of these people. <laughs> I'm sure Bruce just hooks her up occasionally when she, sure. when she needs new equipment. He yeah. could have helped us with our sound equipment. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just like bought her a building, right? Like she like is the only. Yeah, I think she has like a clock tower. tower yeah, the clock. She? She's in the clock tower in this book for sure. So. Nice. Um, I want to talk real quick about the the Mister Freeze panel. So there's there's some pages of just like different villains running amok during all this chaos. Oh yeah. And the world is like freezing because there's no sunshine, and so they you do Mister Freeze. I'm like, well, that wasn't the best decision in my opinion because it's already cold. Like what's, what's he doing? He's just making more snow. Like that's stupid. <laughs> I would have rather seen, I mean, I'm always going to want to see this person, but I would have rather seen Ivy and yeah. was Ivy dealing. Like I would have rather had a panel of Ivy having mm-hmm. a mental breakdown that our plants were all dying. Yeah. The earth um, is dying. Yeah. 
So I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, no, that that makes sense. I I, I could see why you want to see Ivy in that sense. All right. Anything else? Uh, not that we talk a lot about the demon, but I love that there's a literal hell offering. Yeah, yeah. I, to save everybody. <laughs> so yeah, some demon. Does it have a name or is it just yeah, a demon? That's the demon Etrigan. Um, okay. He's he shows up in the Batman cartoon at one point. Yeah, like he's just a, a random DC guy that they try to like force into other people's stuff. Well, and he had a lot of um, history in the in the horror age and the you know the, the horror comics and and when DC ended a lot, he was one of the few that survived. Um, okay. But yeah, no, he's just they take over the airwaves and he's like, "Hey, everybody can come to hell and stay warm. All it'll do is cost you your soul." Like, <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "This is our chance." <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It was like a page and a half, two pages of him like trying to pitch everybody to come down to hell. I'm like, oh, he probably got some. He probably got some takers. Yeah, probably. Yeah, sure. Probably Luther. Because Lex Luther was an asshole in this book. This was good Lex. Uh, We haven't had a good Lex in a while. Always an asshole. He was a. That's kind of what he is. Yeah, he was a big asshole. We did have mention of uh, Amanda Waller and how uh, yeah. Dr. Polaris mm-hmm. made a deal with her. So that was that was interesting, just a little tie in there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I... they really did get everybody in it. Like, it, it wasn't just JLA. Like, it was a DC book. And I, I, I think that a lot of people had good moments, but I could definitely see if there's just a ton of these characters that you don't care about, then, yeah, it's not going to be overly enjoyable and i didn't catch everything or all of the references but there were a few that i was like oh that's clever or oh i'm glad we got to see that person again yeah so yeah uh reviews yeah final thoughts but let me ask you something what do you think of this say it's all right that was terrible horrendous i'm offended i'm appalled that was awesome Yes. Yes. Yeah, Aaron, what'd you think? (laughs) It was not. It was not my favorite. Uh, Like I said, I thought there was a lot that just didn't make sense. Um, I wasn't really invested in Hal, so him coming back, I was kind of okay. All right, that's fine. Um, So yeah, I not a big fan, but that's okay. Legit. I, um, I, it was fine. I'm I'm really glad I read it because it is a big story. And like most of these big DC crossovers in the nineties, I had read like the individual, um, different characters titles. Like every character had a final night issue in their ongoing Mm -hmm. story. So I I was aware that it was happening, but I never read the main part. So I'm glad I did. Um, my biggest complaint would be that I did not think it was clear at the end that Superman didn't get his powers back. Um, But yeah, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, Yeah. I didn't hate it. It, It's not necessary here, but if you like DC nineties, I definitely think it's worth reading. Uh, Ben, what issue did you say that you have that seems like to be almost an immediate follow-up to this? Um, Green Lantern, I put it away, but it's just his ongoing. It's like the next issue after this. Let me see if I can find it really quick. Yeah, it's Green Lantern 81. 
and it looks like a direct follow-up yeah i'd be interested to see if maybe they even um talk about superman there or find out the superman issue (laughs) that follows this because um Mm. yeah i'd I'd like to look into that for you because i probably have that so yeah i can make that my homework for next week being the big (laughs) the the two characters that seem to change the most out of this story that would be interesting um Mm -hmm. i agree that it is uh, it doesn't seem to maybe be as important to our continuity other than being a major dcf event and it'll I, i mentioned the oliver queen thing mostly because i don't know that we'll ever get to his story as far as like his resurrection, but I, it, it does have some threads that are laid throughout the rest of DC's continuity after this. Um, whether or not it'll affect Batman all that much, uh, not really. But um, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think I was going to. It was always kind of in my head, and maybe it was just from the the span after it was released until now that I just had always heard that it wasn't the best of the crisis or it was kind of just a throwaway and forgettable book. But (laughs) sitting down and taking the time with it, my only real complaint is I wish that the Parallax issue was either like a quarter of the length or was at the end. And you'd read it and then decide if you wanted to read about what he was doing when he did. I liked I liked him chasing down Cyborg Superman and dealing with that and then having to make some decisions. But I wish it had stopped. I wish that we hadn't continued to see him um, come around to being a hero again. I wish there was a little bit more of that surprise. But I'm going to be honest. I don't admit this very often. I got a little uh, choked up at the end during the the Green Lantern Oath, like knowing what was did happening. You? I did. Really? Like, reading the uh, Brightest Day, Darkest Night, and when he's out there knowing that he is not going to survive this, and uh, yeah, it got me a little bit. And so I actually, uh, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I would recommend it for those who are fans of big DC storylines where everybody's involved it's not a long one it's four and a half issues so it's mm-hmm. not a big investment um and it kind of touches on everybody as we talked about so i i would actually recommend it nice All right. so i actually have an answer and that leads into what's next so oh. jake do you mind if i do the what's next sure so the next month in publication for superman is superman the wedding album Oh, so we will probably we find that. out that he doesn't have <laughs> we will read it that's what we're reading next so superman and lois will finally get married maybe and uh hopefully it starts with us finding out he doesn't have his powers so mm, okay cool yeah. yeah what do we learn aaron it's that time again did you another one of our cute little skits no it's time to learn the day's lesson and to find out what it is, we turn to the Wheel of Batman. Wheel of Batman. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us the lesson that we should learn. Well, Ben, we, we learned this is awesome. It's night all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred you, can't I tell me to go to bed. To <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. For the Brotherhood Batman, I am Ben, your sunshine. Oh, no, the sunshine went away. And I'm going away. Oh, no. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I'm Aaron. I'm the oldest out of us. I'll clean this up. 
And I'm Jake. Thank you guys for listening. And I did not admit to crying at a comic book that whatever you heard was not true. Uh, yeah. We heard otherwise. Bye. 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 <laughs> Hopes of